SMS SAFM now on 41391. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Hey, teamers, let me remind you, the time is 15 minutes after 10, and this is the A-Team Late Night Conversations with me, Patricia Dooley, and the entire team of the A-Team. We are speaking about traditional healing in South Africa and how it needs its own spaces designed for its purposes. Well, I do remember that at some point in our uh, legal law in South Africa, traditional practices or traditional healing practices or methods were deemed as witchcraft and uh, Today we find ourselves in a place where some of our remedies are utilized in modern medicine. Some of our remedies are utilized for um, communicable diseases. And there might not be any exact proof at times um, according to uh, modern medical science, but there is proof and testimonies from those who have benefited from it. And today we're going to be speaking about how important it is for us to get traditional healing uh, spaces designed for their purposes. And we are speaking to Dr. Ida Briet, who's a senior lecturer, coordinator and uh, honors uh, biodiversity studio and uh, research methodology department of of architecture at the University of Pretoria, alongside with uh, Mr. John Mulibazi, who's a graduate with a Master's in Architecture from the University of Pretoria. Let me welcome our guests, but remind you, A-teamers, that you can interact on this topic on 011-714-2006. Alternatively, send us a WhatsApp on 0614-104-107. We're also available on SMS via 41391. And remember that our SMSs are charged at 150. Dr. Bred, thank you very much for joining us this evening. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, um, Patricia. We appreciate your time. And uh, Mr. John Mulebazi, how are you doing this evening? I'm all right, thanks. Thanks for having me on your show, Patricia. Let me start off with you, Dr. Briet. How important is it for us in South Africa in 2020, moving to 2021, to ensure that traditional healing in South Africa is not deemed um, as dark and as witchcraft as it was a couple of years ago? I think um, this is a topic that is long overdue. Um, it's something that has lagged behind. Um, and, and yes, as you rightfully point out, um, biomedicine and normal medical facilities are supported uh, by government. And somehow we find that traditional healing does not have the same support and also needs a regulation and spaces then for healers to practice in. Um, because of the practice also being so, I think more and more biomedicine is actually acknowledging that the spaces of healing is as important um, as as the medicine. And I think in African traditional healing, that has always been a very important part of the healing process, the space, the social interaction, etc. And there's so much to learn from that. And like you rightfully say, it's been neglected for too long. 
Now, uh, John Mulibadze, in your case, I want to find out, since we know that uh, traditional African traditional medicines and their practices were prohibited under the pretext of Western um, or British law and were deemed as witchcraft, where we are right now in South Africa, we find ourselves that we don't have the correct infrastructure or spaces that give, uh, for lack of a better word, dignity or uh, give a, a bright light to traditional healing practices. Okay, uh, let me start off by saying that in 2007, when the South African government gazetted the Traditional Health Practitioners Act of 2007 uh, to acknowledge uh, different categories of traditional healers, I mean, like, uh, we never, uh, the government has, has never moved from there. Uh, basically, I mean, like, what happened is um, they gave, okay, they uh, acknowledged the, the practice of traditional medicine, but the Department of Health uh, never really uh, came up with guidelines for spaces of traditional health practitioners to practice in. That is why you find that, I mean, like, uh, all these facilities of the traditional healers in South Africa, be it my my, be it Faraday Market, uh, they were never really uh, designed for the practice of traditional medicine. You look at my my, I mean, like, um, that facility in the olden times used to be a host table in Johannesburg. And then when the uh, new uh, government came to be, I mean, like they donated that facility to traditional healers. So basically, you can you can see that that facility was never designed for the practice of traditional medicine. And we never, at the moment, as we speak now, uh, the government of South Africa don't have guidelines. I mean, like uh, for spaces of traditional health practitioners. Hence, I'm, I mean, like uh, I embarked on this uh, journey. I mean, like. Uh, to, uh, to uh, basically to research on the spaces of traditional health practitioners in South Africa, so that I mean, like at least when a traditional as an architect, when a traditional healer come to me and say, design me a facility or design me a consulting space for traditional health practitioners, I mean, like at least I'll be able to uh, design from an in, in, uh, informed uh, position. I mean, like uh, yeah, basically just to come up with solutions for these uh, healers in South Africa. Uh, Dr. Briet, let me come to you. I mean, with the current architecture in South Africa, we are aware that there's a lot lacking to merge what is our traditional past and also our current modern day um, existence. How do we then make sure that even the African traditional healing um, spaces are given their own prevalence in architecture? Well, I think... um Yes, it, it's been a topic, I think, on the table since a democracy where there's been so many competitions for more heritage spaces that could represent African identity and then also a search for a proper identity in South Africa without just copying styles from elsewhere in Africa or imitating kind of ancient structures, which people tend to do. And I think um, John started off with his interest in, in traditional healing, and we saw it as an opportunity because of the very strong cultural worldview of African traditional medicine um, to also search towards African roots for architecture, which I think is um, has been written about. Um, we've seen examples and there's been critique, but there hasn't been really answers about it. Um, and I think this is another opportunity to really almost have a spiritual search, a root search, um, and bring it back into spatial form because now this form has to represent the worldview, the way of thinking um, of the healers 
and and um, for John, this is going to be also an interesting journey in in finding what their spatial um, requirements would be, what is necessary, and and not just in terms of material, color, texture, space. You no, know, what what's intimacy levels? What is the amount of lighting? What is the amount of privacy that you need? Um, and how does that become spatially representative, not uh, only of traditional healing, but but of an uh, African example of architecture, which I think we really need in South Africa. We are speaking, A-teamers, uh, to uh, Dr. Ida Briet, who's a senior lecturer at the University of Pretoria, and uh, she deals with Biodiversity Studio and Research Methodology Department of Architecture. Um, and uh, the second guest is uh, John Mulibatsi, who's a graduate with Masters in Architecture from the University of Pretoria, and talking about the traditional healing in South Africa, which needs spaces designed for the purpose. Let me know if you agree with this if you are one that says yes we do require um, uh, spaces that are specific for traditional healers in South Africa because maybe they are more unique or they should identify with African um, heritage and roots let me know or if you're opposed to this uh, and you feel that space is space and people should utilize whatever space is available I'd love to hear from you A-teamers please do call in on 011-714-2006 alternatively WhatsApp us on 0614-104-107. Perhaps you are even a traditional healer yourself and you'd like to know what these spaces should be looking like. You can also SMS on 41391 and uh, the SMSs are charged at 150. Let me come to you here, John. John, um, uh, Dr. Briad speaks about the spatial uh, requirements of the premises. Have you, how, how deep have you gone into the research of what traditional healers in South Africa might require. And mind you, it could be different between province to province based on our different uh, traditional um, heritage. Or maybe it is just a blanket approach from all provinces in South Africa and all um, nations within South Africa. Okay. Uh, okay. Basically, let me just, let me, let me put it this way. I mean, like, uh, my PhD research uh, primarily focuses on in Gauteng because I mean, like, it's a multi part, it's a, because simply because it's a melting pot of all these uh, cultures in South Africa. Because we find in Gauteng, basically, find all, uh, basically, everyone. You find the Zulus, you find the Swanas, you find the Sutus, you find uh, the Tongas and the Vendas. I mean, like, so my, uh, my, my PhD research focuses primarily in Gauteng and then, and, uh, Primarily in urban areas, um, because I because I believe that uh, traditional healers are not sub- supposed to be confined in villages or in downtown Johannesburg or downtown Pretoria, because I believe that I mean, like, um, as we move forward, uh, you can have uh, traditional healers practicing in Santon, you know, in affluent uh, suburbs, uh, alongside with biomedical uh, practitioners. So basically, I mean, like, that's that's my focus. That's the focus of the research. That traditional healers are not supposed to be confined in in rural areas or yeah, in downtown in downtown, but they can actually practice alongside uh, biomedical practitioners in affluent areas in, in yeah, in helping. Talking about that, Dr. Briard, uh, we look at uh, that the fact that in 2007, the South African government gazetted the traditional health. 
Practitioners Act to officially recognize the practice of traditional medicine. But with this act, does it not come with the responsibility to perhaps register um, with some particular body as a traditional healer, therefore being able to practice from anywhere um, within South Africa? Um, Patricia, I I do think it is possible to practice anywhere in South Africa, but uh, as far as I know, and John can correct me here if I'm wrong, that although um, the Act was brought into place, there were uh, different bodies that would have been established under the Act, and that never happened. So um, besides the Act um, being promulgated, nothing that the Act actually called into place happened. So we're actually standing still at 2007 and nothing has happened since then um, in terms of the regulation of traditional leaders. Now, if nothing has happened according to regulation that was gazetted uh, by the South African government, what then should we, we expect when it comes to the architectural side of things? If nothing has been heard, do we or those who are traditional practitioners have a safe space to say we'll take up buildings anywhere in the most uh, expensive buildings in South Africa and then uh, put up our practices there and still be recognized and respected? I think, um, yes, in effect, um, it's a bit, I suppose, in this moment in time, it's in the hands um, of the healers themselves. I think in terms of John's interest and his, his um, research, the idea is that those spaces cannot just be any kind of space. It has to be purposefully designed, just like hospitals are purposefully designed or, um, yeah, let's say a dentist. Um, uh, yeah, dentist uh, consultation spaces or even shops are specifically designed. So architects, the job of an architect is to design a space according to the client's needs. And we feel that traditional healers then are very particular clients with a very particular need. And just as hospitals, um, I mentioned that I think the, a lot of hospitals are also going through a phase of transformation and you find, I don't know if you're familiar with the Nelson Mandela Children's Hospital that was actually, I think it was built about three, four years ago. Um, and there they actually decided to have outdoor spaces, green spaces, um, where not only the children who are the patients could engage in, but also the parents that might be going through trauma because their kids are actually in hospital. So there's been an acknowledgement that that healing and spaces of healing cannot be sterile and methodical and just practical. They also have to enhance the healing process. And I think therefore this moment in time is also right to then look at traditional healing spaces. Why? Because traditional healing is a holistic process. It does, from the start, see the healing process as something social and experiential in terms of the engagement with the healer, in terms of the different um, rituals that take place. So it is a, it's a different kind of, of process than biomedicine. And like I say, even biomedicine is, is saying we haven't looked at this in all the aspects that we need to look at it. Um, so we see it as an opportunity, opportunity to learn um, through the process and to also really establish um, spaces that are unique. Um, and at the same time address the whole process of healing, which, like you say, with COVID and with everything, we know that healing is essential for people. Um, um, There's nothing worse for a person than to be ill, 
and I think um, there's always a pursuit for health and, and improvement of health, and this is just a avenue. But yes, at the moment, this is not being regulated. It's not part of a government process. I think John has ambition and, and wants the, the designs uh, or at least guidelines are there. One could actually take it forward and say, here are guidelines. Why is it not formalized? Or why don't we actually um, take it up um, and, uh, um, and have certain policies in place in terms of, of a way forward? Let me come uh, to you here, John. Uh, John, uh, talk to me about the extent of your research with uh, traditional healers, because we are aware that, uh, according to research, about 80% of South Africans consult traditional healers, and there are more than uh, 200 traditional healers in South Africa, but most of them are based in rural areas. So how many of them have you consulted, and what did you hear were their special requirements in terms of making sure that their traditional healing goes over and beyond the rural setting. Okay, uh, let me start off by saying that last year, around yeah, last year uh, uh, we did a pilot study here in Pretoria, and then uh, where I mean, like I, I was able to get some uh, data from some of the traditional healers, and then this year, I mean, like uh, uh, not long ago, I mean, like we uh, started uh, the field work. Uh, uh, with traditional healers, but some of the data that I've got so far, I mean, like um, all traditional healers are united in saying that definitely this is long overdue. I mean, like they definitely want uh, 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 proper facilities um, to consult. And then I must also state uh, this fact that, you know, biomedicine uh, or the so-called Western medicine uh, used to be traditional, but through research and funding, I mean, like... Um, uh, Western medicine, it is what it is today. I mean, like, uh, because uh, there was a lot of research into their facilities, there was a lot of funding, I mean, like, into their facilities. Um, so the same thing, I mean, like, uh, can also be done with traditional medicine. I mean, like, if there's proper research, if, there, if there's proper funding, I mean, like, uh, I, I, I truly believe that, I mean, like, uh, uh, fa- facilities or spaces of traditional medicine um, it can also be improved as well. I'm also looking at countries like uh, in the East, like your China, like your India, and also in Japan. I mean, like that's a, the, uh, those countries have really put down resources. I mean, like uh, to improve uh, tra- their spaces of traditional medicine. I mean, like uh, right now, if you go to India or China or Japan, I mean, like uh, those, they've got proper facilities right in affluent uh, areas. I mean, like. Uh, because uh, the Chinese and the Indians, I mean, like, they, uh, just like in South Africa or Sub-Saharan Africa, they do, uh, a lot of them do consult traditional healers. So I believe that the same thing, we can, we can do the same model. I mean, like, where we can put our resources, I mean, like, uh, to research uh, spaces of traditional healers in South Africa. Because, like you alluded, I mean, that the fact that, I mean, there are over 200,000 traditional healers in South Africa, and a lot of South Africans, I mean, like, are still consult uh, traditional healers. And then because of uh, urbanization, I mean, like, there's going to be a, a need for traditional healers in South Africa. Already, as we speak right now, in, in, in helping, I mean, like, uh, there's a lot of demand for traditional healers. These are some of them. Um, they found spaces in places like Mai Mai or Faraday Market. I mean, like, but it's not adequate because those places were not designed for the practice of traditional medicine. But if we can be proactive, uh, if the government can be proactive, or even as academics, and just research, I mean, like, uh, the space of traditional healers, I believe that, I mean, like, uh, 
we can definitely need a demand. I mean, like, uh, and the demand is still, is still going to grow. I mean, like, uh, because these days, uh, you, you young professionals, I mean, like, uh, they're starting to embrace, uh, you know, like African identity, and then they're going back to to their roots. I mean, like, and they're starting to consult traditional leaders. Look, I'm glad that you made mention, uh, John, about uh, the likes of Mai Mai and uh, Faraday Market, with the, which are in Johannesburg, and Warwick Junction in Eteguini, Marabastad in Pretoria, Mona Market in Nongoma. Some of these markets, are, those with a faint heart will not be able to pallet them because you see dried up animal skins and um, uh, box that don't, box and roots that don't necessarily smell good, uh, dead snakes and tortoises and there's a lot of things that don't really look or um, appeasing to people how do we then um, get the, 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 the practitioners within the traditional practice to adhere or even adopt methods and ways to preserve their traditional elements that they use for their healing within these modernized uh, tradi- within these modernized spaces that would be great for them to occupy but it must also, uh, according to the Act, uh, t- the Traditional Health Practitioners Act of 2007, there are different categories of traditional leaders. Sometimes you may find that you don't want to consult a diviner, you just want to consult, you just want to go to a herbalist, I mean, like, uh, who's going to give you uh, some muti or some medication, I mean, like, uh, so it, there are different categories of traditional healers, I mean, like, uh, so sometimes you may find that you don't want to consult a traditional surgeon or a diviner or, or, or yeah, I mean, like, we just want to go to a herbalist just to buy some medication. I mean, like, um, but I believe that, I mean, like, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, like, uh, some of those places like the Nongoma market, I mean, like, where they they sell everything, I mean, like, um, I still believe that, I mean, like, uh, with proper design, I mean, like, with proper facilities, um, you know, especially facilities which can be welcoming even to a, a lay person. I mean, like, uh, I still believe that, I mean, like, uh, even some of the biomedical facilities, um, uh, you know, they still have got those quarry places you don't want to go to. <laughs> you know, like, um, some of the, yeah, some of the hospitals, I mean, like, there are some rooms you don't want to find yourself in. The same thing with uh, spaces, uh, facilities of traditional healers. I mean, like, uh, there will be those rooms you don't know, uh, they may not allow the public, but this, but because places like Nongoma Market, which is the biggest market in South Africa for, for traditional healers, I mean, like, they put everything in the open. But I believe that with proper facilities, I mean, like, they can be able to put those uh, places, in, like, in the storerooms or whatever. I mean, like, um, so, yeah, I, 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 but I still believe that architecture can play a role. I mean, like, uh, in, uh, in putting uh, some of these uh, uh, items in different uh, rooms, I mean, like, so that not everything is in the open. I mean, like, uh, yeah, because some people don't, will not like that. Well, we do know that uh, in China, as you have previously said, that there are um, markets which are really um, utilized uh, widely by Chinese people um, that are traditional markets. That's what we're talking about here, South Africans, A-teamers. We are talking about traditional healing in South Africa and uh, the need for spaces designed for their purposes. Please do interact with us as we talk to Dr. Briad, who is a senior lecturer and uh, part of the Biodiversity Studio and Research Methodology at the Department of Architecture at the University of
of Pretoria, alongside with John Mulibadze, who's a graduate uh, with a Master's in Architecture from the University of Pretoria. On the line, we've got KGM. KGM, good evening. Uh, good evening, Pat, and good evening to Doc and to and to the listeners. Okay. Um, Pat, look, I'm sure you you know that this is this is one of my favorite discussions. Mm, definitely. But not just favorite uh, because of of anything compelling, but because naturally, so I'm proudly African. Um, you see, we we. There's a, there's an issue of not informing ourselves with correct information. The, the point of departure is this: remember that the the, the laws that were made um, <clears throat> that sort of emulated our culture and traditional practices were were deliberate in destroying the the, the origin. Of Africa and African. So when 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 you say pet as an example, uh, when you go to to our practice areas, I don't want to call them surgeries as it were because it's a it's a it's a Western norm. And and you you hear a smile of I mean a smell of salt. Because we are indoctrinated to say this smells nice and this smells bad. Bad and nice, bad and good is in the Western understanding. For instance, there are certain perfumes, odors, that are so-called nice but dangerous. I don't know if if I'm making any sense. We hear you. Mm -hmm. The the point that we need to, to abrace ourselves with is that these so-called bad odor or bad smells, whether it's of animal skins, I wear I wear them with pride every day, Patricia. Um, I'm not going to be told by an indoctrinated person that an animal skin or whatever that I'm wearing, that I know that it has certain powers according to me. Therefore, because somebody is saying that it smells, I forget that it also has powers, particularly healing powers. KGM, on that point, please hold the line for me. I need to go to a break quickly and I'll allow you to uh, complete your thought straight after this. SMS SAFM now on 41391. Late Night Conversations, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. The number to dial to interact with us as we discuss traditional healing in South Africa, which needs its own spaces designed for its purposes, uh, with uh, Dr. Briet alongside with uh, uh, John Mulibazi, who are both from uh, the Department of Arch- uh, Architecture at the University of Pretoria. Please interact with us via our WhatsApp line, which is 0614104107, or SMS us on 41391. You can also call in on 011 before the break, we're talking to KGM. Now, KGM, you were making mention of the fact that sometimes the animal skins that you have to wear uh, don't particularly smell um, like roses. And I understand what you're talking about because on both wrists. So I know exactly what you're talking about. 
Yeah, but uh, it's important that when the little or the few of us who who understand why we 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 wear uh, what we wear, uh, firstly, we should not be or allow people to belittle us. Some of them being our own, who are indoctrinated to believe that what we do is wrong. Remember that according to the, the, the West, mostly what that which is African is bad. Um, and that is far from the truth. My parting shot, when I was doing a, a, a project in the Eastern Cape, um, there was a development that, that we were busy with. There, there was caves in the area. The story around the caves is that nobody has ever been in those caves because some white folk a long time ago said, if you go into that cave, you don't come back. I got into the cave because Tina S. Abba Tuarunabasaro, in Colomba, or caves, they are our homes. We, we started seeing houses uh, that, that are built today from, from the so-called civilization. But caves... Because of the belly, being at the belly of the earth, it's more like a womb. There's a story behind it. I will explain it to you one day. But I got into it because I understand that the spiritual connection of it. I found jewels of Africa in there. And I was so hurt. The, the entire community, not in one village, about 13 villages around there. They don't go there because some white men from wherever he was coming from, lied to them and said, you go into that cave. I spent three days in that cave. And every time I'm in that area, I go and do my own things in those caves. Call it uh, witchcraft, whatever you want to call it. I know that I'm not, I'm not a, a, a what, what do they call us? Uh, I'm not a, there's a terminology now, it is, it's even gone. But for me, really, the, the, part, the part that I would like to, to part with is, as Africans, let's not allow indoctrination to belittle who we really are. And then we think when we're smelling nice and the nice is killing us, it, 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 it's a way of life. You hear people are quick to say life, life uh, tradition, culture evolved. Look at white people and show me their culture that has evolved. Where has it evolved from? Look at the Indians. Look at the Chinese. And And... Uh, lastly, Patricia, we we don't we don't travel, we don't exchange knowledge as Africans. Uh, you should just do this research on your own uh, 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 around your family, your friends, your acquaintances, your your colleagues. Check how many of them have passports. How many of them have been outside the the, the country into the continent? How many of them know Lesotho, Mozambique? You know, somebody like me who have been through the whole continent. Uh, would understand some of these things that we are one people and we have one culture that has been divided because divide and rule is quite prevalent. But you have somebody who has never crossed, sometimes not never even left the province, telling you because they have Googled and, and, and taken something that is on Googled and made it a fact. We, we need to be careful and we need to speak truth to power. And truth to power being what we know as African scientists, as opposed to Western scientists. They can do and know themselves. Let them also allow us to do and know ourselves. Let me not take much of your time for your guests.
Uh, KGM, before I let you go, talk to me about these caves that are used in the Eastern Cape and other parts of uh, Africa. Do you feel that these could still be appropriate for traditional healers to utilize? Not, not could be. They are. Mm. They, they are beyond. You know, you know, uh, P- Patricia. I'm not. I'm not really just impropriating uh, uh, for African custom culture and traditional practices just because I, I want to prove some point. But it's because I, I've, I'm living it. I've been living it for as long as I can remember. And, and I'm a living example of, of why Africa and Africans have to practice what has been practiced from Kohalowe or from time in memoria to borrow from the, the English. If our people would stop uh, uh, being as modern as they are, and I'm not really being judgmental that we will build in Dumba, or for instance, in a yard, and we'll use modern uh, 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 equipment, if you like, or building material. We, when when we, we build uh, uh, our own huts, as an example, where we practice our culture and customs and traditions, medicinally, we didn't just take any tree, Patricia. Like when you go to a building material and you build with... There were also trees that are specific for specific reasons that we used to build those huts because there was also a far-reaching spiritual implication to that. We didn't just take any any grass and and roof. There was a science in that because we understood what it meant even in terms of healing. Now today somebody... We've got white people knowing how to build with grass more than us. And when you when you look at the type of grass, that's why people get sinus. The type we use as Basara is the one that will actually heal you from sinus, if, if I can give you an example. So it is, to answer your question, it is of utmost importance for us to go back to our caves because that's where our power is. In science, in knowledge... In practice, that's where our, that is the belly of the earth. That that's the if you know the link between the umbilical cord and a mother, the earth is our mother. We come from there, and if we are to to link back to our belly, where our umbilical cord lies we will then begin to understand and recognize the power that we have and practice it. I'm looking forward to the day that KGM honors his promise to us a couple of months ago uh, that he will take the A-team, well, myself, Benzito, and um, Aphenius and Doba on a trip around these caves and the heritage of Africa. Well, KGM, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, this is the A-team, and we are going to be back straight after this to get a response from uh, Dr. Briet and uh, John Mulibatz. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. The time now is 52 minutes after uh, 10. And let me remind you that we will have a news bulletin at 11 o'clock. After that, oh, actually, no news bulletin. Okay, gentlemen, thank you for letting me know. Although it's written that I do have a news bulletin, but definitely none today. So we'll go straight into music. And after that, we'll speak to the legendary Gogo.
Tunokwe. Right now, we are talking um, around the traditional healing in South Africa and the fact that there are special spaces that need to be designed for the purposes of traditional healers in South Africa. Please do interact with us as we speak to uh, Dr. Uh, Ida Briet, who's a senior lecturer and a coordinator for honors uh, for biodiversity uh, studio and research methodology department of architecture at the University of Pretoria, alongside with John Mulibadze, who's a graduate with Masters in Architecture from the University of Pretoria. If you'd like to interact with us, please do so via our WhatsApp number, which is 0614104107, alternatively SMS 41391. SMS is charged at 150, and you can also call in on 011-714-2006. Let's go to Dr. Briad. Dr. Briad, um, could we respond to to the comments that um, KGM made before the break. Yes, uh, Patricia, I, I really enjoyed um, what the listener was was contributing to our conversation because I think a lot of those points are very important to make. Firstly, that uh, yes, I think in historically a lot of things that are African were always seen as less, or um, and somehow what is Western, and I think that's the whole decolonization debate no, about power and where money goes, where research goes, and then what is actually seen as the norm and what is seen as, as backward or not modern or not acceptable. So those are issues firstly that need to be addressed uh, for people to feel um, comfortable with, with who they are and also get in connection with their own heritage um, and not see it as, as any different from the heritage of anybody else. And of course, it's not an easy process because of, of politics in the world and as we have it. But so I, I completely agree that, that that's the first step. And secondly, I also think um, the, the idea and, and, and I mean the whole idea of the caves and, and the natural places where traditional healers uh, traditionally did practice and it was with a landscape so I'm also a landscape architect and I acknowledge the, the power of, of nature and the connectivity with nature that we have that helps form our own identities um, and that's also very particular so the listener was, was talking about the, the grasses and the species and so forth um, that, that's very particular, that's very well known by traditional healers as well so there's an immense amount of knowledge which I think lately has been captured for the first time in the last 20 years, there's actually a documentation of this knowledge of all the plant species, all the possibilities that they have in terms of eating, which was neglected and was ignored and was never paid attention to or given any thought or any research funding or money. Um, so yes, it's a bit controversial to say why do we want to formalize or design these spaces. Naturally, they were built by the healers themselves and so on. But I think that's exactly um, John's focus on Gauteng and saying, well, it's, it's been urbanized. It actually came to the city. Healers were in the countryside. Some of them still are. Now we are in the city. We're in a different environment. Um, and things are actually a bit, um, I don't want to say mass-produced, mass but there's, there's larger quantities and there's a dealing with, with a large amount of, of herbs and this and that. Um, and that's why you get the markets and things happening. And if we look at the examples in from China and other countries, we see that, yes, it is for a larger amount of people. It's formalized to also make it logistically more accessible. Um, but at the same time, um, we don't want 
them to just be modern Western spaces. We also believe that the spaces should retain the qualities um, of of um, those traditional spaces and, and what they felt like and what it felt like to be in a ritual and in that conversation. And what is the ambiance? What is the amount of lighting, the size of that space? And how do you enter it? How do you exit it? There's a lot of taboos and a lot of uh, rules when it comes to those practices. And we want this, these spaces to be sensitive to those roots and to reflect the tradition where they come from, not just become another modern hospital. Let me go to another ATMO who's holding patiently on the line. AB, good evening. Good evening. How are you doing? Um, thank you. You know what, you, 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 you're dealing with, with a lovely subject there, and uh, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I somehow there's another dimension to, to what you you're talking about. Um, what makes us maybe somehow to be to be, I would say for me, uh, to be skeptical about 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 um, traditional um, cases or something like that. I would say it's somehow an element of um, of spirituality and uh, in it, and that opens up somehow to. Um, to what I will call, for me, um, witchcraft. I'll give an example, maybe on on on, on two things. Um, my, we, 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 I grew up. I, I'm 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 a crosser, but I live in Mbopo now. Um, where I grew up from as a young boy, um, when we would uh, propose girls, we, we 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 and you loved this girl and she didn't like you somehow and you would go to a to a a traditional healer or, or um and so so you would go to this man and he gives you this concoction, put it in a um in a in a bucket and put a stick over there and uh, you, you you rub this thing, you you're facing the direction of um the girl that you you, you like and you call on her name. And and she 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 would um, she would come um, crying to you and uh, in your arms and stuff like that. And for as long as that meditation is strong and whatever, she she will be with you there and she'll be doing whatever you you wanted to do up until the parents um, would be shouting at us and uh, saying, "This is wrong. You cannot do this because when the power of this meditation is over, um, you know this woman is gonna hate you." Something like that. So. Um, as I grew up now older and understanding this whole thing, to me, that is witchcraft. Um, so, 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 where do you draw the line, really? Because um, a herbalist and, um, and the Sangoma as well, they will use maybe the same things that you would find in uh, um, the same roots. I'll give another example. My father. Um, there's a, a, a plant that we call um, um, and um, so the root of the thing is uh, is white. Um, in, in English, I think it's, it's it's called the lily. So so they use that thing, and my dad was told, okay, if you want to to, to remove a bad luck, use this root, and they would kill that, and uh, he puts it in the water and he washes. 
um, in the name of is removing that last. So my dad, my dad did that. Um, he was looking for the job somewhere and all that, and uh, he washed himself and all that, and in the armpits and whatever. And that thing, it was so itchy in his body. He was crying like a baby, you know. So, so there's that element. So, where do you draw the line, really, um, when you talk about now um, traditional um, healing that must have space and um, you know and 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 all those things, and you know when we talk about because for me, really, um, somehow there's an element of, of, of spirituality there and that opens up to, 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 to witchcraft to an extent. Thank, um, you. Thank you very much, yeah. Abi. Um, um, are you done with your thought so I can hand over perhaps to our guest to yes, respond? Sir. Yeah. All right, excellent. Thank you, Abi, for sharing your experience. Let me go to John. John, perhaps uh, could you respond to Abi's uh, question? Uh, yeah, I appreciate uh, the comment from uh, Mr. A.B. Um, uh, but what I want to say, I mean, like, uh, because uh, this topic is more complex and I don't think we'll have enough time to respond uh, adequately. Um, but what I want to say is that uh, we, uh, as an architect, I mean, like myself, I mean, like, uh, and this research is in the field of architecture, but at the same time addressing the special issue. Uh, uh, challenges of traditional healers. I'm, we are f- I'm focusing primarily on the spaces of traditional healers. I mean, like, uh, so we, we are not, uh, I'm, I'm not touching on the issue of witchcraft, whatever, or spiritualism and everything. I mean, like, uh, I'm just focusing this thing as a researcher. I mean, like, um, uh, yeah, I'm just a researcher focusing on special uh, requirements of traditional healers or different categories of traditional healers. Um, but I'm uh, but I'm aware of of these challenges, but I don't think I'm qualified to answer that question. Let me go to a voice note, perhaps where we can hear another question from our A teamers. Hello, SFF and the listeners. Uh, yeah, I'm on the KGM site. You see, when you can sit next to KGM, you will become a really African. Because it's true, uh, Africans they, they they have forgotten about the our own traditions. Yeah, so it's real. It's true what he's saying. Yes, yes, Mangope, Pretoria. Thank you very much, Mangope. Um, Dr. Ida, what's your response from Mangope's uh, message, and also perhaps? Uh, weigh in on what KGM has said. Um, I struggle to hear the voice note, um, Patricia. I don't know if you can pull me in a bit. I couldn't he, hear that clearly. He was basically uh, concurring with what KGM said, our caller earlier, okay. around what needs to be done uh, for African practice, uh, practicing traditional healers. Mm. I think, um, yes, I mean, I, was, um, I also listened to the other... Uh, caller that actually um, talked about witchcraft. So I think there's certainly controversial thoughts around uh, traditional healing. And just as there are about uh, biomedicine, I mean, people have different views on cancer treatment and should you get um, chemotherapy or not, or should you go the natural way? There's so many different thoughts uh, when it comes to healing and personal preferences. And I think African traditional healing also has almost a religious component, which is a whole world view. 
Some people have strong affinity and roots with that. Other people um, have apprehensions and, and or don't understand it. Um, like with any, um, like yeah, you know, with many many topics. So I agree with with John. I think one doesn't want to take a stand on that. It's not in in our role to actually judge it or to make decisions about it. We see the value of it um, as with any other practice of healing, and we see that there's very much sensitivity required when it comes to the actual design of those spaces because of um, of the whole. Uh, yeah, of the rituals and the way they take place and how that forms part of the healing process. It's not something separate. And I think, um, I don't want to repeat what I've said before, but the whole idea that even hospitals have made the mistake of actually not acknowledging the power of the ambience and of your environment and how important that is to people. So I do think um, those ties and, and those roots are, have been neglected. And I do think um, there's value and as you you rightfully said 80% of people do consult traditional healers they do see the value in this um, some people say it's more accessible some say it's more affordable but at the same time um, this is what is happening and there's actually um, it's happening in a very informal way so I think to give it some structure and to actually aid it and facilitate it uh, through design and through um, some regulation is required um, and then I think the funding will also come um, and you would actually find that one could then decide, research some of the practices and actually find medicines that would again be adopted into other kind of formal systems and be used um, in other kind of, of um, uh, practices and, and, and cultures and even in, in um, biomedicine because that is actually how biomedicine came about. It was actually practices of different people that were tested and then found that they were really um, serving the purpose of, of making people better. I think in this case as well, we find that um, meditational practices, all kinds of spiritual practices are also helping people to be in contact with themselves and to, to heal themselves. Um, so I think African medicine actually encompasses several of those aspects. And therefore, the spaces need to be representative of those different aspects and facets of healing. Let me go to some of our uh, A-teamers who send us messages. I see one here who says, we keep looking to the ANC black Europeans, in inverted commas, uh, government to lift up our culture. It won't happen. It's time we built them ourselves to each his own. This is from Zulus to Zulus. Another one here says, South Africa, because of foreign greediness, which also um, is to include government officials who are not interested in empowering uh, black culture. Officials are programmed to degrade any black African culture. Traditional healing neither were willing. Traditional healers were neither willing to be um, to be in experiments when it comes to the pandemic. These are some of the the notions. Uh, but someone else here who's Khadi, Khadi says, yes, for allocating spaces in villages and towns as a way to regulate and screen out fake healers and people using questionable herbs. 
So definitely there is a need for allocation of spaces for traditional healers. But the question would still remain, how will we then sift out the wheat from the shaft? How will we then know that this is uh, the spaces are allocated to the correct traditional healers? Let me pose that to you, John. Uh, okay. Um, okay. First of all, I just want to say that um, the, uh, I think this this malpractice, whether in as traditional healers or biomedical practitioners, I mean, like, um, there always uh, there's always been a malpractice, and sometimes uh, what makes the headlines, especially regarding traditional medicine, is when there is a uh, yeah, malpractice. But the good, the good things that traditional healers are doing. I mean, like I don't really make the headlines in the media, and then uh, you know, and and I think from time immemorial, I mean, like uh, the discoveries of traditional healers uh, are not really publicized. And then, and and it has always been the case that I mean, like uh, traditional healers don't document their discoveries. That is why some of the pharmaceutical companies especially multinational pharmaceutical type companies I mean like have stolen some of their discoveries that have been uh, uh, discovered by traditional healers and I think uh, the and I think if we the the, uh, the practice of traditional healing is regulated and traditional healers they take charge of their of their industry I believe that and they document their discoveries I believe that I mean like uh, does the future I mean like um, so I mean, like I think, yeah, I think having a properly regulated uh, traditional uh, medicine that's the way to go. Just like it's done by by, uh, by medical practitioners. So I believe that I mean, like, um, uh, it will also emulate uh, the malpractice that has been done, and it's not been regulated because at the moment we 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 only speculate that there are two, more than two hundred thousand tra- uh, traditional healers in South Africa, but. They've got different organizations. I mean, like according to the Act of 2007, the Traditional Health Practitioners Act. I mean, like a call for the Traditional Health Practitioners Council to be. I mean, like to be. Yeah, I mean, like to house all traditional healers in South Africa. But traditional healers. I mean, like their own. They are. They are their own enemy. They are not united. You find traditional healers in and having their own organization. The ones in the Eastern Cape that are having their own organizations, the one in the Western Cape that are having their own organizations. So there's no umbrella body. That is that is uh, um, that, that is where they belong to. I mean, like, uh, so I believe that traditional healers, the more they uni- they're united, the more they can move forward. Well, on that note, let me allow Dr. Briet to give us a parting shot. Dr. Briet is still with us. Yes. Um, so you asked. Did I, I, I was you? just give, asking you to please give us your closing uh, remarks. Okay. Um, thank you, Patricia. I think um, thank you for the invitation. I think it was a wonderful conversation. I was really glad for the listeners also calling in uh, and giving us their opinion. I think that's also for us the the prime of of this research going forward is actually speaking to the people and actually hearing from them what it is that is actually required. Uh, architects does what his clients ask him and but in this case it's a group of people and they have to be a sensitivity and to also really listen and understand and learn from the process so i completely agree with john's last comments and um we need regulation um on all fronts um for this 
to be formalized and, and to, for it also to, to um, kind of gain its proper space in society rightfully. But then also, like with biomedicine, um, if there's malpractice, it has to be addressed. Um, and then also, if it's practice, it's also something that's accessible, it's comfortable, it's, it's within um, the desires and, and, and the ambience that the healers also would like the spaces to be. So um, I think it will give it a rightful space and also something to be proud of, and it will connect people to their identity and make them also um, more um, less prejudiced about um, certain practices um, and then also see things in a different light. And as we see it happening in other cultures, I think um, it is time for South Africa to do uh, something similar and be proud of who we are. Thank you very much for joining us, uh, Dr. Briad, and uh, please do have a good evening. Thank you. And uh, from you, uh, John, what are your closing remarks on this issue of having uh, designated areas and uh, specialized architectural areas for traditional South African healers? Okay. Um, okay. My closing remarks is the following: that I do. First of all, I do agree with KGM that I mean, like, uh, I think as Black South Africans, especially Black South Africans, were indoctrinated. I mean, like, we we believe that I mean, like, everything that is uh, coming from the West, I mean, like, is acceptable, and then we embrace Western medicine, and then we we turn our back on traditional medicine. But I believe that I mean, like, a lot of uh, uh, South Africans are beginning to af- uh, embrace their African identity, and then I believe that I mean, like, uh, the traditional medicine is, is is time for us to go back to our roots, and then to embrace our African identity and embrace traditional medicine. And I believe that I mean, like, uh, going forward, I mean, like, having proper facilities for traditional medicine is the way to go because the demand is going to grow. And then, uh, and I believe that having proper facilities for traditional medicine more and more South Africans will have a choice. I mean, like, either to go to biomedical facilities or to go to uh, spaces of traditional, um, to consulting spaces of traditional health practitioners. So I believe that, I mean, like, um, having proper facilities is the way to go because definitely demand is going to, is going to grow as Africans embrace their African identity. John, thank you so very much for joining us. And I do hope that at some point, this particular act for traditional practice will actually give us some go-ahead in South Africa so that we can see these uh, traditional architectural spaces for traditional healers uh, being erected appropriately. Thank you very much for your time. No, thank you very much. You are most welcome. A-teamers, the time now is quarter past 11. This is uh, the Late Night Conversations with me, Patricia Ntuli. Remember, right now we're going to a legendary part of our show where we'll be talking to Gogo Dunogwe, a legend in African music, South African music, traditional music, music that touches our hearts and our souls. Do interact with us. Ask her your questions. Give her your comments. Show her some love. She's got leg in the game. She's a legend in the game and uh, uh, it's just such an honor to be speaking to her once again on the show remember if you'd like to interact the number to dial is 011-714-2006 alternatively whatsapp us on 0614-104-107 for sms's send them to 41391 and those are charged at 150